golfer action and uh, well it's Tuesday night and you know what that means folks another beautiful edition of the college football previews and reviews of college football I've uh, had a good weekend down at Mizzou it was homecoming and my first uh, homecoming as an alumni in fact I, I haven't gone to many and this was one where you know the guys are playing really good uh, 20th ranked Tigers and really only lost by uh, a couple possessions uh, maybe one or two that didn't go their way in that LSU game and that would have made Mizzou a perfect 8-0 and uh, heading into the bye week but nonetheless you know 7-1 and is not too bad and I really like their chances against Georgia I know a lot of people are saying oh they can't beat Georgia 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 that defense, Kirby Smart's got them playing well. They're probably going to win the SEC again. And it's a lost cause. You're not going to beat Georgia. Nobody's going to beat Georgia this year. Just what I hear. That's, that's just what I hear. And But you look at Mizzou on the years that they've gone to the Big 12, uh, excuse me, SEC championship in Atlanta. And on those years, both uh, 2013 and 2014, um, I don't know that they beat Georgia both times. Pretty sure they did. One time in Columbia, one time in Athens. But it just goes to show they can win at Athens. It's not like a, a long spell, a long a dry curse like they had years ago with Nebraska where they just couldn't beat Nebraska. They just couldn't beat Nebraska. Um, finally winning against the Cornhuskers in 2003, I think for the first time in over 20 years, which sounded like a long time to me. I was a young boy, and I was so happy that they got it done. I'd been following the team, going to games with the family pass, the family season ticket package we had, and it was great to see the Tigers win uh, over Nebraska then. And I just remember the uh, intensity, the atmosphere was electric that night. Nothing really compared to it aside from the homecoming game in 2010 against Oklahoma, that big win. Um, but I, I think that the game this past weekend was a great atmosphere. It was completely sold out. Um, now, it does hold less than, um, than the stadium did in 2010. It held almost 80,000 people in 2010, I believe, or just over 70. I'm sorry, just over 70. Now it holds just over 60, I believe. So they're trying to get that capacity back up. Um, looking at some things, I guess they hired an architecture firm. And everyone's exact, uh, pumped about it. They're thinking that it's exactly for the new baseball stadium and maybe not for anything else. But I think that the football stadium, there's been a couple renderings released uh, via Twitter. People are talking about the uh, new football uh, additions, where they're going to be. Is it going to be the... Uh, the north end zone, uh, going into that Rock M on that sideline, are they going to add more seating there? Um, kind of take some grass seating out, maybe just a little bit in order to put a second deck around it with seating capacity going um, to 70, I believe, or close to 70, which will get it back to where it was in the first year of the SEC, first couple of years of the SEC before they added on and took out of the uh, south end zone, because that's really what happened. They took out of that south end zone. And I think when they did that, uh, it reduced capacity significantly. And now they're not doing the uh, bleachers in the north end zone. They used to put the bleachers down um, on both on the field and in the concourse for special games, for big games. And that would um, 
you know, at about two, 4,000 people, something like that. Um, they're not putting those bleachers in there. I don't know if it's against the SEC rules. I don't know if, like, the structure, you have to have um, seating that's actually, st like, issued seating done architecturally, not just kind of a bringing the bleachers on the wheels uh, to put on the north end zone on the field itself and then again in the uh, concourse they're not they're not doing that anymore and I don't know why because I was in the student section I'm in, I'm in grad school still of course and so I sat in the uh, student section for at least the first half and there was nowhere to stand I mean just to, to stand I'm talking about so um, you know and all the students stand I mean it's pretty much a consistency among college football the student sections they all kind of stand uh, some more than others, and some student sections are a lot bigger than others. One of the things that taking out the uh, north end zone did, and I sound like <laughs> I probably lost people's attention. I'm not very entertaining. I'm just talking about football and uh, stadiums right now. I know it sounds kind of nerdy, but I, I do like architecture quite a bit. Um, but I'm thinking like uh, the band used to be, like at Florida State it still is, but at Mizzou, it, it used to be in the in the south end zone. And I think when they um, changed the south end zone, now it's a lot of um, the seats with the backs on them. It's like a standard regular seat. A lot of them are bucket seats, at least. And they uh, took the band and they put them in the student section, which is on the visiting sideline, you know, right by the Rock M on that side. And, uh, on, you know, on the east side of the stadium and I think that uh, the student section is a lot bigger now um, but putting the band there makes it about what it was before um, but we're like all the way up as far as like from uh, the sideline all the way up to the last row and the first concord the first um, terrace so we're all the way up and I was like hanging off the side like um, close to you know, right by the Rock M, basically, on the far east side, far east movement, and uh, the far east side, like, the where the where the rails are, I mean, all the way against it, nowhere to stand, and it's kind of a safety hazard, so I was thinking, man, they really need to extend the student section at least, and then uh, probably put some more seats in, you know, going forward, because that was a homecoming game, that was South Carolina, that's a team that, you know, now they're 2-5, and five, just 1-4 and four in the SEC, they were able to beat Mississippi State a couple weeks back, but not a very good South Carolina Gamecock team, and so that that goes to show, you know, this team playing well, Mizzou is playing well, uh, with just one loss, seven and one. You know, they're gonna they're gonna sell out more times than not um, if they're ranked in the top twenty-five and winning. That's just the way it always was in the old Big Twelve North. That's the way it was in the first couple of years of the SEC and the SEC East. And uh, next year, there's no divisions. But for right now, you know, the schedule is what it is. Uh, South Carolina might be lesser competition. You know, Kentucky might be – I thought Kentucky was pretty good. I'm glad we beat them. But, you know, Vanderbilt might be lesser competition. But, you know, for the most part, especially our home games this year in the SEC, are going to be pretty challenging teams. South Carolina is kind of the exception there because, you know, LSU is obviously a SEC West team. But still, I mean, very challenging. Um, and you still have Florida and Tennessee coming in for O in November. So um, really some top-notch opponents. Florida right there, they had that crazy loss at Kentucky, but, you know, 
they're five and two, man. They're they're three and one in the SEC. They're gonna have a chance to knock off Georgia. Don't think they're gonna do it, but they have that chance at the world's largest cocktail party in Jacksonville on two at two thirty uh, this Saturday, obviously on CBS. So it's the SEC game of the week. Uh, of course, it was going to be, but pretty pretty much an always decent game. Uh, in years past, it would be one-sided, and, and usually that's been Florida really the past five to ten years, but Florida's had a couple good seasons where they were able to win or at least get that game and not really have a great outlook on, on you know, as, as a top opponent nationally. Um, Florida really hasn't had that year um, like what we're used to Florida Gators uh, doing in the SEC, but, you know, the rest of the nation, you know, so they're uh, they're capable of more. They've got a, I guess, what is he, second-year head coach now? So uh, that should be a good game. But, um, you know, 14-and-a-half. 14-and-a-half the dogs are favored by. So um not sure how close that's actually going to be. But, you know, it might be a good first half, and we'll see what happens. But um, good for Mizzou no matter what because they go into Athens next week, and that's going to be a crazy electric environment. Um, looking for a huge Missouri upset. And it, would it be that big of an upset? I mean, I guess, because Georgia's probably not going to lose this week and they're going to stay number one. Mizzou, with the bye week, depending on what Utah does at Oregon, will probably go into that game uh, still at the uh, 16 spot. But if they can move ahead because of a couple teams losing in front of them, which really the only one that I saw that's likely is that Utah uh, at, at 15, so, you know, could it be a top 15 game? Absolutely, more than likely, although that Utah does have a home game this week, it's against Oregon, so that Utah-Oregon game is pretty big, college game big is going to be there. I was looking at ticket price, because I heard awesome, really good things about that stadium, it's just so far, I mean, nobody wants to travel to Utah, really, <laughs> it's just so far out, uh, but they are pretty pricey, too, those tickets. The thing is, um, if there's an away game that I'm going to go to in the next couple of weeks, it's probably going to be the Tigers at the Dogs in Athens. I've never been to Athens before. I always thought it would be very cool to check out. Great tradition. Um, especially if that's a night game, that's going to be awesome. That's just going to be so cool. Um, and tickets are kind of high, but I think if, if you're going for an away game, your one maybe away game of the year, if you're a diehard Mizzou fan or any college football fan, you might only make it to one away game if you're following a team and go to a lot of home games. I mean, the away games are hard to come by. It's just they're very expensive. you got to travel. And, I, you know, it might be easier in the Big Ten. You know, if you live in Chicago, it's like, okay, I can drive to Ann Arbor. I can drive to uh, West Lafayette. I can drive um, to, uh, where do they play, East Lansing? Um, obviously, Madison, Iowa City aren't too too bad, but... You know, no one's really going to travel to, um, excuse me, Minnesota. I mean, even Nebraska is kind of a hike. Not too bad, but it's kind of a hike. And then you have uh, Minnesota way up there. So, I mean, Rutgers, you know, like, is that going to be your away game? Probably not. Maryland, probably not. Penn State, that's a really cool spot, but I don't know how many people travel to Penn State uh, if they're a local graduate living in Chicago, for example. Like, I just don't know, you know, Mizzou is far enough for a lot of us. So, like, going to Georgia seems kind of, far out but to me it's like this team's seven and one could be eight and oh and georgia is seven and oh probably about to go to eight and oh 
Now, if they're both seven and one, it's still a big game to me, and I'm you know willing to go. And ticket prices will probably go down if they do end up losing to Florida somehow, um, because the dog fans are going to be pissed that you know they might not be a playoff team at that point. Um, more than likely, they'll be afforded to lose a game. I would think Georgia, especially if they win the SEC, uh, SEC championship. That is, um, but I don't think that's going to be to Florida. Like I said, I think it's going to be to Mizzou. I think Mizzou has a better chance than Florida. Florida lost to Kentucky where Mizzou won. Where Mizzou won. So that's the difference to me. And then Florida didn't play at South Carolina very well. I watched a lot of that game. They did come out with a win, but they didn't play there very well. And Mizzou took care of South Carolina pretty well, pretty early. Um, Could have probably been a much worse game, at least by the score of, uh, what was the final again? 34 to uh, uh, 34 to uh, 12. Yeah, 12. I mean, so a bit of a blowout, but I just I think Mizzou could have scored more is what I'm saying. So I think if it, the score doesn't really show you how much of a blowout that game was. I mean, Mizzou really controlled that game from start to finish. George, I mean, South Carolina was never really in the game. And I don't think that's going to be the case with any of these remaining games for the Tigers. I just don't see it. Uh, whether it's Tennessee playing a good game in Columbia against Tennessee, hopefully you can get the win. Um, and especially Florida's going to be tough in Columbia because you know they're going to be close to bowl eligible. They already are close to bowl eligible. But, I mean, they'll probably have six or seven wins by the time they come to Columbia. And then the week after that, Florida has their big rivalry game, the state championship against Florida State in Gainesville. So, you know, they're going to be hungry for that win. They might not be as hungry for the for the win against Mizzou, but they're going to want it because it might just be the sixth or seventh win by that time uh, for the Gators. So, you know, that's going to be a tight game, I think, because they're going to play Mizzou really well, um, going probably for, like I said, probably their seventh, maybe eighth win of the season at that point. And, you know, I don't know how you look at Billy Napier's first couple of years in Gainesville. Um, a lot of Gator fans were really, really tough on Dan Mullen. You know, I've, I've heard from a lot of them that were, you know, in town for the game that went to overtime in which Mizzou won a couple of years ago. But they were telling me, you know, they wanted Dan out of there. They didn't even really want to start the season with Dan Mullins as the head coach. So I, they were high on Napier when they hired him in that, that spring of, what was it, 22? And right now, in the fall of 23... He's almost already on the hot seat with the, as far as the Florida fans go. And they are a lot of people that look like the Tiger King, who's actually Jordan Travis, but, you know, the, uh, the, weird ty- the, the weird guy, Tiger King. A lot of the Gator faithful, you know, especially if they're from that area, they do look like that. They do. That's an accurate depiction. Uh, what was, what's his name's Joe something? I don't know his last name. But, yeah, Joe the, uh, the Tiger King, the infamous Tiger King. And we know that Jordan Travis is the real Tiger King because he's managed to beat LSU twice and Clemson once this year. So the the real King of the Tigers seems to me like uh, none other than Jordan Travis, 13, in Florida State, hopefully a Heisman candidate. Um, now, he's, he's going to have to have some big games going forward. I, like I said, that rivalry game against Florida to end the year right after Thanksgiving, that's going to be a huge game, uh, maybe more for Florida, but... I think it could be a statement game for Jordan Travis. So, um, you know, the Miami game is going to be a statement game opportunity, no doubt. 
Um, you know, and going to Pitt, I think if you can put on a show in an NFL stadium, that's going to look really good for highlights. So, you know, this week at Wake Forest will be cool. Um, likely a seminal win, but, you know, that game at Pitt in that NFL stadium, he's going to be ready to play. That's, you know, vote, Heisman voters are really going to start looking uh, at that game, the Miami game, and then obviously the UF game. But those two games, I think, at Pitt's a really good opportunity for him before the ACC championship in the Miami game to really clean it up and look like a Heisman candidate like we know he's capable of being. And honestly, after watching Brady Cook on Saturday, I'm like, I know he's got another year of eligibility, maybe two. But he could be a potential Heisman candidate. Obviously, Luther Burden already is, and he's a receiver, so that sounds pretty cool. But I, I don't know, like if that's going to be if he's going to be a finalist this year. Luther, Luther's got a couple more years of eligibility himself, so it'll be interesting to see what who out of Mizzou, especially if they beat Georgia, might be invited to um, New York for the for the Heisman. And is, is Bo Nix, I mean, this could be a statement game for Bo Nix. You know, if you're an Oregon fan, if you're a Bo Nix guy, he's had a lot of opportunities, you know, started his career at Auburn, obviously. But if you think about this game at Utah, college game day's there, huge opportunity. Uh, what time is that game at? Um, it's going to be um, Pac-12 game at 2.30. So a lot of us will be watching the world's largest cocktail party, but I guess the game on Fox is going to be this Oregon in Utah on Saturday, and I think Bo Nix has a really great chance to capture the nation's eyes, especially if Georgia goes up early, you know, they're up 14, 21 and a half, like a lot of us are going to turn over to this one, and this is a really good game. Um, huge statement, like I said, Bo Nix, he's already got over 2,000 yards passing, 19 touchdowns, just one interception. Um, the running backs looking pretty good. Mr. Irving's got 640, nearly 650 yards rushing, seven touchdowns. Um, and they've got a pretty good receiver in Franklin that has a 768 receiving yards, eight touchdowns so far in the season. So this eighth-ranked Oregon Duck teams hoping they can make it in the playoff contention. I think it starts with a big statement win like this game at Utah should be. Um, then going to the Pac-12 championship and doing some damage. There, getting that win, I think will get them into playoff contention. I don't know if it'll happen. I think it ha a lot, largely comes down to who's in front of them and when they lose. You know, if we're looking at the top 10 uh, right now, I can tell you just off the top of my head, you know, um, Florida State has a couple opportunities to lose. And at number four, you know, you'd think you pretty much can beat Miami, you'd think you'd win the ACC. But those are two potential huge upsets. I mean, even the Florida game, as good as, as not good as Florida is or looks at times, they're still a team that can, with a lot of talent, that if they decide to play a full four-quarter game, maybe Billy Napier's got the right game plan. I mean, that could be upset potential. Um, I don't see it, but I think it could. It's there, just like the Miami game is there. I don't, I don't see it. But it's certainly a team that you think might lose more. And then Oklahoma's still undefeated. Um, now, if it's in the Big 12 championship, where it's a rematch against Texas, Oklahoma's probably out of playoff contention if they're able, you know, if, if somebody beats them before that, but also if they go to that Big 12 championship and lose to Texas, Oklahoma's in front of Oregon right now, so that's an opportunity for the Ducks. You know, Texas, 
Texas is at seven. They're ahead of the Ducks. Um, I think Oregon jumps ahead of them with the big win at Utah, but don't quote me on it. And Texas is also going to have to get some major wins. They've got, if I look at the rest of the schedule, they've got kind of an easy schedule until the Big 12 title game, which I think, you know, might be a rematch of the Texas and OU game. But, you know, they still have K-State. They still have TCU. They still have Iowa State. And Texas Tech at the end of the year is no gimme. Um, but maybe the most challenging game as far as team, as far as team playing a full four-quarter game, going to be physical, uh, well-coached, is the BYU Cougars at 5-2. and two, Just 2-2 two and two in the Big 12, though. But they have uh, had some road wins. They were able to go to Arkansas and get a win. Um, losing to Kansas on the road the next week didn't help them much. Uh, but beating Cincinnati at home, you know, they did go to TCU and get beat, but were able to uh, beat Texas Tech at home. So, no, I don't think this is going to be a huge challenge for the Longhorns, but I think, you know, if if Miami and Florida pose a risk to FSU, you might say that <laughs> you might say that BYU and uh, Kansas State, maybe TCU or Texas Tech pose a risk for the Longhorns. But, again, that's kind of like – unlikely um but you never know especially kind of with a target on your back you know a really good team a playoff potential team especially if they would have won the cotton bowl against OU you know this Texas Longhorn team is going to be good when they come in the SEC make no mistake um I just don't think that this year they're a playoff team I think there's some upset potential in the games ahead um and I just don't see Oklahoma losing mainly and Oklahoma's ahead of them and uh, if they meet in the Big 12 championship, now anything's possible there, of course. But until then, I'm still kind of thinking, um, you know, it's going to be tough for Texas to to do much. And, and really, you know, Oregon as well. But Oregon might have more uh, glamorous potential if they're playing, you know, SC. They get a big win against USC. They get this win against Utah this weekend. You know, they still have to play Washington, I believe. That's going to be a great game. So, anyway, the, there's a lot of potential for the Ducks if I'm looking ahead, um, the top ten teams, looking at, you know, who has real playoff potential. Um, and, if, like I said, Georgia, who's Georgia going to lose to? I think the greatest test for them is going to be Mizzou next week, baby. Uh, I don't think Florida's really going to pose a threat to them, but I, I do think Mizzou next week might be that time where Georgia's, you know, caught either – not the same Georgia Bulldog team um, that everyone is hyping them up to be, or Mizzou just might have better talent and a better game plan. You know, we'll see. Uh, <clears throat> correction, Oregon already played Washington. I didn't realize. I, I remember watching the game. I guess I didn't watch it that closely. 36-33 loss to Washington, who is ahead of them at 7. Now, who else? I thought, I thought the... Uh, they were seven. Now what are they now? They're five. See, so this Washington team has pretty much as good of an opportunity as Oregon when you talk about making it to the Pac-12 championship, winning it, and getting a playoff bid because they've got Stanford this week. Um, that USC game is going to be tough for them at USC. But then they have Utah at home. That will be a challenge, depending, especially if Utah is able to get the win this week um, against Oregon can be a challenge at Oregon State. Oregon State's ranked 11th. Not a bad team in uh, Pullman. No, that's uh, where's Oregon State? Corvallis. Corvallis, Oregon. Right. Um, not a bad team there this year. Ranked 11th in the country. And then the big rivalry game against Washington State. But if I'm looking at Washington, 
you know, there's some upset potential, obviously, going to USC and then home against Utah, as well as going to Oregon State. So three potential upsets for the fifth-ranked Huskies. Really good team, though. A team that definitely could, you know, if they're playing their best game, could finish undefeated. You never know. I expect them to probably get a loss, but you never know. And uh, it's definitely a team to keep your eye on uh, as we go forward in college football. Um, this week, I don't really expect too many upsets, but I think if you look, if you know, Utah is ranked past Oregon, so that definitely could be one. I don't think Pitt's going to come into South Bend and get a win. I don't think Duke is going to win at Louisville, which wouldn't really be an upset. It's 20 against 18, but... Louisville with just that one loss. Looks like a definite ACC championship candidate. Uh, 22 ranked Tulane going to Rice. Don't think that's going to be an upset. USC going to Cal. I don't really think that's going to be an upset in Berkeley. Um, Air Force at Colorado State. You never know. But Air Force, man, undefeated. Air Force team is undefeated. Uh, probably going to get a big win. Another win uh, against Colorado State this weekend. And then Tennessee and Kentucky, um, big game pretty much in in the uh, Lexington area. Um, I think Lexington is a great college football town that I've never been to. Big basketball town, obviously, but definitely when Mizzou's there next, I hope to be there. Um, or who knows, maybe another game. Maybe they'll have somebody cool at home uh, next year. But for right now, Tennessee coming in, this might be – one of the best games in the SEC this weekend. Uh, Kroger Field should be sold out. Six six o'clock game under the lights on ESPN. Can't beat that environment, man. There's going to be a lot of Tennessee fans there. I don't know that Tennessee comes out of there with a win. I know Mizzou did. So <laughs> Kentucky's really hoping they'll come out of there and at least get this win. Um, I don't know. I, I like Kentucky's chances at home. It's uh, going to be a great one. I don't know. Might take Kentucky by a field goal now. I know Tennessee's favored by three and a half, but they just didn't look very good at uh, in Tuscaloosa last weekend against the Tide. Um, a, a game I was looking at, I should say, a game I was definitely looking at, maybe going to because of my location now, is this Ohio State coming into Madison, Wisconsin. It's a 6.30 night game on NBC. Wow, that would be so cool to go to that. Jesus. I should stay here this weekend, huh? I got office hours at Mizzou. Damn. I'm just going to come right back. I'm going to go to this game. No, I don't know. That'd be crazy. Ohio State and Wisconsin, uh, they're favored by 14 and a half, the Buckeyes are. But I think Wisconsin at home, under the lights, is going to be a real challenge for the Buckeyes. I don't see them getting it done, but I think it's going to be a challenge. I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, Vanderbilt and Ole Miss, not a very good game. Lane Kiffin, favored by 24 and a half. I expect him to pretty much do that. Uh, game down at UCLA, another night game, the beauty at uh, 6.30 at night. I saw the, it was great to see it tonight, the uh, Denver Nuggets with their hoisting their uh, new trophy, their uh, championship banner, home opener in the NBA. They played the Lakers, which is fast becoming a huge rivalry in the NBA. But um, the other team in, in L.A. that's making uh, some noise and playing a Colorado opponent actually is the UCLA Bruins, and they'll welcome Deion Sanders and Coach Prime. Four and three uh, total, but, you know, one and three in the Pac-12, and I know Coach Prime wants to improve on that. UCLA is a very good team. They're favored by 17 and a half. I like UCLA in this one. Um, I think it might be close in the first half, but ultimately I think the Bruins pull away. Um, but I think that uh, for Coach Prime, uh, 
Shador Sanders, and uh, what's his name, Hunter, uh, I'm sorry, for, forgot his last name, Travis Hunter, right, I think uh, it's a opportunity for them to come out and compete, and, um, you know, you like their chances, maybe if it was in Boulder, but I'm not sure that the Rose Bowl, probably a lot of Colorado fans, there's always a lot of Colorado fans in LA, but, um, you know, should be a cool game, but definitely think it's going to be all UCLA in the second half. North Carolina and Georgia Tech, this game, bad Georgia Tech team. North Carolina coming off a loss. Mac Brown after a loss, you never want to play against Mac Brown after a loss, just like you never want to play against Nick Saban after a loss. Uh, Old Dominion, James Madison, okay, nobody cares. Oregon State and Arizona, um, could be a potential upset there maybe, but uh, that's a, the late game, it's the nightcap. On ESPN, uh, maybe bear down. Maybe take the uh, maybe take Arizona at like plus three, plus four, plus five. Uh, could be an opportunity for the Wildcats of Arizona to get a big win against a good team, a team that's six and one, Oregon State. And hey, Mizzou will take that because if two teams ahead of Mizzou lose, like an Oregon State, like a Utah has a chance of losing also this week. I think ahead of Mizzou, you know, maybe Mizzou can hop down to 14, 15 in the rankings. Uh, maybe 13, who knows? Uh, but before that game in Athens next week, I'd like to see Mizzou go down a spot or two. Um, and uh, let's see, the uh, the other, was it uh, SEC games? Got to cover them all. Um, South Carolina A&M, pretty good game in Kyle Field at 11 a.m. I like the Aggies by a couple touchdowns. They might cover that. Uh, like I said, I like Georgia by a touchdown and a field goal. I don't know if they're going to cover that spread. I think Florida's got uh, some good players this year. Um, you know, you look at Purcell, catch the ball. He might have a couple touchdowns. Uh, he's already got three, so big game. Gators tend to show up in big games. Uh, Well-represented crowd in Jacksonville, no doubt. So, you know, I, I still like Georgia, but probably by a touchdown and a field goal, not so much two touchdowns. Then down to Auburn at Jordan Hare, it's going to be the Mississippi State Bulldogs at War Eagle. War Eagle, I like in this one by a touchdown. I think they might cover that spread. Uh, Tennessee and Kentucky already reviewed, and Vanderbilt and Ole Miss as well. Also, go to the ACC now. And I really like this game, uh, Syracuse and Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech not playing too bad recently. They are favored by three at home, but I like Syracuse's chances. I like Syracuse by uh, uh, six here, um, but definitely would take them with some points, uh, plus five or six for the Orange. UConn and BC down in uh, Boston College, up at Chestnut Hill, I should say. Um, should be a pretty good game for Boston College. Clemson, NC State, I like I like. Uh, Clemson by a touchdown on the road. Uh, Virginia and Miami. So Virginia just came in and beat North Carolina. Can they keep the momentum going and beat the beat the Canes down at Hard Rock? I don't think so. Miami had a great win last week um, in overtime against Clemson. I like Miami to go to six and two here and start to gain some ground in the ACC before they before they come to Tallahassee, um, and that'll be November. 11th so that concludes my picks this week i think i already went over the other ones cool